Hello and welcome to episode three of Your Fest, the podcast that is all about festivals. My name is Johnny Sharples. I'm one of your co-hosts and I'm joined by my other co-host, which is why we are co-hosts, Tommy Stewart. Welcome to Your Fest, Tommy. I don't know why I'm welcoming you to the podcast that you help present. <laughs> Hi, mate. Um, yeah, episode three. That's, uh, that's good. It's been, a, it's been a good run so far. It has. And um, for anybody that hasn't listened to the previous two episodes, one, what are you doing? Go back and listen to them. And two, idiots. do you want to talk them? Absolute idiots. Do you want to? I think we've just lost them already. <laughs> but um, if, you, if, if anyone's not listened before, do you want to talk them through the whole concept of what your fest is about? Yep. So your fest is your dream festival. Anytime, any place, any realm, any agenda, any band, anyone you want so you pick three acts three headliners um i mean we've got into all we're going to all sorts now like what sort of food you want what days of the week but the main thing is three acts and your location and the name of the festival we also have a guest on it which tommy's failed to mention and our guest this week oh god yeah that's important (laughs) isn't it shit (laughs) (laughs) and our guest this week is the wonderful Maisie adam Maisie is a stand-up comedian. She's won So You Think You're Funny, which is one of the biggest stand-up competitions in the country. She's also appeared on things like Mock the Week and QI, and she's going to talk us through her dream festival this week. Um, yeah, she's a, great she's a good one. She is. Should we get straight to it? Yeah, let's get involved. Yeah, this is Your Fest, episode three with Maisie Adam. Welcome to Your Fest and to the Your Fest planning committee to Maisie Adam. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? You all right? I'm very well. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Good. It's kind of like dangling a carrot in front of a donkey doing this uh, podcast in lockdown. Like talking about festivals when we are so far away from even being able to consider going to a festival. It's, That's why um, we do it. We're, we're, we're sadistic people. It's, yeah. it's a torture, torturous exercise. And when I've been thinking about like all the festivals I've been to and the ones I want to go to, then you, it's like reminiscing on good times you had. Like it's, it's horrible. Yeah, I should have said no to this, to be honest. I'm going to be very, very depressed. I sent Tommy a WhatsApp last night talking about festivals that have been cancelled. Um, a headline from one of the newspapers that was the country's biggest swingers festival has been suspended. And that's when you know coronavirus no. has really hit. The swingers aren't having Jesus. their festival. You think that'd be the first to go? How can you be social <laughs> distancing at a swingers fest? They, they were really holding on for hope, weren't they? There, They were really grasping at straws. I mean, fair <laughs> them that the Olympics, which are only held every four years, they were cancelled and they were still sat there going, we might be all right. We might be all right. (laughs) Go swing in a field. Big shout out to Aurora Festival, if anyone wants to look out for that happening in in 2021. Yeah. Held at a secret location. Yeah. Yeah. What's that? The Swingers Festival. You obviously didn't read beyond the headline when I sent you that story. No, I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to lie here. It's sorry, it's only because I'm pretending that I've never been. And it, it, <laughs> in fact, the best fucking festival in the world. In two Literally. senses of the word. Hey! Absolutely. A proper joke. Fucking That's up. to turn up for the books. <laughs> <laughs> so touching on festivals, you've said you've been thinking through the ones you've been to and the ones you ha- you'd like to go to. Um, yeah. Which ones stand out as the, the best ones that you've ever been to? Um, when you say best, I think like 
nostalgia plays a huge part in that, doesn't it? Of like, it was the best at that time and what was amazing for you. So I, I grew up in North Yorkshire on the, like just on the border between where North Yorkshire becomes West Yorkshire. And I lived literally a 20 minute drive from Leeds Fest. So every summer, bank holiday, August bank holiday, we were just always there from like, we get the early birds. So you'd be there from Wednesday morning and would come back on Monday, providing your tent hadn't been burnt on the Sunday night. But it was, <laughs> it was amazing. And it like, I think my first one was 2009 and I had to go with, I went with my mate, but we had to go with my mum as well. Um, and I was absolutely mortified. And then from then on, it was me and my mates, a big group of us, like probably 15 tents strong area. Um, and we'd go every year and it was, it was brilliant. Cause when we first started going like independently, we were like maybe 16 and you'd go, as I say, from Wednesday morning till Monday morning, not shower. It was absolutely gross. And then I think by the end, when we were like leaving sixth form or, or maybe even in early years of uni, when we were back for summer, we'd always squeeze in a Leeds fest before going back to uni. That was when like, I think we would, like I remember my friend KP, she had a, she lived literally like 10, 15 minutes away. So we'd, we'd drive for, we'd drive back to hers on Friday morning for a shower and her mum would do us a proper like hearty breakfast. Yeah. We would probably stank her, like Yvonne's house out like disgustingly, but we'd have a right good hearty breakfast and then pile back into the car and, uh, and then do another three days. It was, it was brilliant. So Leeds Fest, I'd say, was my favourite one and still is because of memories. How did your mum hack it when she went in 2009? Was that, I think I went that year, was it uh, Arctic Monkeys? Arctic Monkeys. Alex um, Turner had like the, the, when they were like the humbug era, they were very stoner and he had the long hair. Yeah, he had long hair and he, he kept going off stage to be sick. Um, <laughs> yeah. They weren't that great, to be honest. They weren't that, like we were watching it. I was like, mum, Arctic Monkeys, Arctic Monkeys. And she's like, oh, okay. And my mum's quite, my mum's a punk, so it's not like, when I say I went with my uh, mum, I was only embarrassed because it was my mum and anybody would be embarrassed with my mum. But as mums go, she was quite a cool one to go with. And we went to go and see Arctic Monkeys and it was just sort of like watching the type of lad who you dread your daughter bringing home. <laughs> yeah, mumble his way through these songs, occasionally gipping because of how much he'd drank and then he'd wander off stage in between songs and then he'd come back on wiping his mouth like that. And it was just, yeah, it didn't feel, it didn't feel like you were seeing one of the era-defining bands of all time. Do, do, we, really, do, do we really think he, do, do we really think he was wiping his face because he was going to be sick or was he doing something a bit yeah, more? Yeah, maybe previous? a bit more. When I say wiping the face, it was a lot around <laughs> one specific area of the face. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that, so that was my first, first one and I, I think I think we went for about five years five six years on the trot was was one of those dickheads that had all my bands around my wrist so my That's wrist stank from the years 2009 to 2014. Um, we've gone round Yvonne's was it Yvonne's for a shower? Yeah. Go shower around. your arm. That was just disgusting I, I got tagged in a photo from Freshers recently like you know when your memories pop up and I can't believe I went to Freshers with all of my bands from festivals still on. <laughs> like that was going to be people. I think I thought like, oh, I'll go to uni and I'll have six bands 
around me Western people go, oh, she's cultured. She's been to festival. <laughs> what they take from that is that you, you haven't washed your wrist for five years. <laughs> I did the same thing and I used to defend it. Like, so, oh, it's well, no, it's in the shower. I have a shower with them on, so yeah. they're fine. Yeah. Is that rumor? Did you ever hear the rumor that if you showed your last year's wristband, at like say you showed your 2009 wristband at Leeds 2010, they'd give you a free crate of beer? Free crate, yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> He used to like swan in being like that. I was here last year and they'd all be like, right, and. <laughs> so is everyone well, else. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. My mum was a punk as well, funnily enough. Was she? Um, yeah, she had, uh, I think she had pink hair and she yeah. had, um, I think she had uh, paper clips from her ear to her nose. Or, or oh, my word. Mm. Yeah. My mum was a mod and she shaved her head when she was like 16 and then when I was 16 I decided I was going to get dreadlocks and oh. people were like how, how, how's your mum going to cope with that I was like she shaved her head when she was 16 yeah. she can't give me any it's quite good having having parents who who were quite experimental with their aesthetics when they were younger the only issue is sometimes like as I say when I look back on my teenage years the sort of most avant-garde thing I did was have all of these bands on my wrist <laughs> so it's kind of, it is a bit depressing that my mum was absolutely 100% definitely cooler than I was when she was that age. Um, what were we doing though? Why, why, why did we, what, what was the reason behind it? Why did we think it was cool? It's so embarrassing looking I know, back. I know. It's just like, it's like the same way you keep, I used to keep all gig tickets and pin them on the wall. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it's like, who's impressed by that? You know, you'd come around and just sort of had this hall of fame of every gig I'd been to. Yeah. I still got them. I, even when I moved out, I took them all off my wall. My dad was like, so you putting them in the bin? I thought, no. I just kept them in like this big envelope. It's like if you told someone you were, at, I don't know, 100 Reasons at Manchester Academy 2, it's like no one's not going to believe you. They're not going to ask for the proof that you were there. It's not like... Sex and also, school. like, if you had... That, that's what I mean. It's like I have got a ticket from when I saw the Arctic Monkeys at... Um, Granary Wharf in Leeds for £8. It says £8 on the ticket. I'm like, that's a cool thing to keep and show. But by and large, what I've mainly got is like a ticket to Tinchy Strider at Leeds over <laughs> 2008. And it's like, no one's after that, are they? No, I did. I, I've got a, a lot of my gig tickets. I mean, I, I still kind of, I'm looking now and there's a few lying about from maybe the last Oh, time, but, it's awful. And yeah. I'm a total fiend for like when you come out the gig. Um, you know the people who are selling merch on the road, like yeah. they've got all the t-shirts on a tarpaulin. I was yeah. straight in there buying a ten-pound t-shirt that you went through the wash once and it took all the writing off. The fake ones, yeah, like not the official merch because it's loads, loads cheaper. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I was a sucker for all that. I once saw a band called Norma Jean, who were like a christian metalcore band in manchester and i went out um back Obviously. to the fake merchandise guy afterwards and the vocalist from norma jean came storming out the venue and started trying to pick a fight with all the sellers that were selling fake merchandise oh while, my god while all the big norma jean fans or like three of us wanted a <laughs> wanted a photo with him but it was like really pent up angry that they were stealing money from like the real merchandise inside <laughs> yeah Oh, it was, uh, I still got a photo of that somewhere, um, him looking absolutely furious and me like so pleased to meet him. 
Did you have dreadlocks then? I did, yeah, obviously. Um, I was about 18 when that happened, so that was prime, horrific Christian heavy metal is quite niche, isn't it? There's a lot of, I, I still do, there's a lot of really good Christian metal, but I was grew up with... Um, Christian metal, what, so you'd be like thrashing to songs about like The Last Supper? <laughs> it's not quite that on the nose, <laughs> but it's like there, there's some there's some Norma Jean are really good. There's a band called Me Without You who are like a folky, um, Christian hardcore-ish band. They're really good. Actually, I can imagine that if they are a niche genre, like well, not niche, but if they're if they're metal or they're they're an actual genre rather than because Christian bands tend to be quite shit, don't they? Because they, uh, yeah. they tend to be one bloke with a guitar and then there's a lot of, um, it, it's quite similar structure, it's quite safe and it's quite boring. But I can imagine if you spice it up and put a bit of metal behind it, that's quite, that's quite cool. Like I'd, I'd, see, I'd see an EDM Christian. Christian EDM band. <laughs> Christian EDM, Christian dubstep, Christian uh, thrash metal, yeah. Christian, well, I suppose, Kanye, I suppose Kanye West is Christian hip-hop, really, now. Yeah, he is now, yeah. yeah. But then, I'm, I'm trying to sell it at the moment, Tommy. I mean, <laughs> Kanye yeah, was and made a Christian album, and I think even the Christians were like, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for, for the benefit of the tape uh, before this, we were discussing that I'm wearing the Jesus is King t-shirt and yeah. basically saying our thoughts on this album. But I'm not going to say anything because, you know, Kanye West, dream guest, you never know. Oh, <laughs> please, please. You're, you're going to try and brown those Jesus is King albums so you can get Kanye West on. Well, I'll, I'll say it. I, I, I think the Christians, when, when he said, oh, I'm going to do a Christian album, were just like, oh, this is, this is brilliant. This is going to... Like open the floodgates of people coming to to to, to the Christian faith, and I'm I'm 99 sure the Christians heard that album and thought, no, this is this is actually one step forward, two steps back. <laughs> more people hate God. There's more. Yeah. There's more atheists as a, as a turnout for that. Yeah, that album was enough to make anyone an atheist. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why he did it. Maybe it's some <laughs> subverted sort of. Thing, oh, God. I when I think of Christian rock, my mind immediately goes to maybe it's because I was watching it yesterday. But you seen that South Park episode where Cartman starts a Christian rock band, and uh, he, he does. <laughs> it's all about <laughs> basically it's all about him having like a gay love affair with Jesus. And, The body of Christ, Christ, Christ. He's like, Jesus, I want you to be inside me. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> I mean, I'd recommend it. It is a brilliant episode. I don't know if you guys are South Park fans or not. but I love that you were cautious of bad-mouthing Kanye West's album. More than happy. More than happy to sing, Jesus, I wish you were inside me. <laughs> well, we're never going to get Jesus on as a fucking guest, are we? 2020 is already becoming the year of cancelled people. I think you're next on that one, Tommy. Just going to use that yeah. soundbite of you singing that. <laughs> hey, well, yeah, it's imminent. It was. I was going to get cancelled so, in some sort of way. And if that's it, then I'll 
die on that hill happily. Um, <laughs> just to bring it back to festivals for a minute. <laughs> you know who else died on a hill, Tommy? Our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry, Johnny. Sorry. Festivals. <laughs> Christmas and Easter, two very good festivals. Um, but have you, ever, <laughs> have you ever have you ever been to one um, away from Leeds? Have you ever been to ones abroad or like further afield than twenty minutes from your house? Um, sorry, yeah, I will add to that in a minute. I just that would have been so funny if I came on this podcast and you went, "What's your favourite festival?" And I said, <laughs> "Easter." <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that would be so good. Abroad festivals, did you say, Jono? Yeah, or just further, um, further afield in West Yorkshire. Further afield. This, this, <laughs> this is when I say I, I go to festivals to sound cultured. This is now going to totally backfire because, um, in terms of uh, abroad festivals, I think the most abroad one is 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 Ireland. Um, I did uh, Electric Picnic last year, um, which is in like middle of nowhere it's county Louth, i think is how you say it in ireland and um it was great so who was headlining it was billy eilish 1975 and florence and the machine and uh so it's, it's quite for sort of young young people like i did feel i felt quite old there um razor light were playing at like 4 p.m on one of the days and now we go with a golden touch She's got enough, she's got too much But I know you wouldn't mind You could have it all if you wanted You could have it all if it mattered so much And they had, they had only like 250 people in front of the main stage And a lot of those were young people going Who are they? For <laughs> <laughs> God's sake, I know it's terrible but um, it was great festival. It was hilarious because it was, um, uh, as I say, right in the middle of nowhere. And I got picked up from the airport in Dublin and I had my mate with me. And this guy said, um, you know, I'm, it was so Irish. I couldn't, you know, I needed subtitles. And I, <laughs> he, he said, yeah, I'm, I'm your driver. And I said, all right, is, is there somewhere to, to get booze on the way? Because we're going to be here all weekend. I was performing in the comedy tent on like Friday at two. And then I had a free ticket, so I was, I was like ready for a good party with my mate. So um, he said, "Yeah, yeah, no problem. We'll um, we'll get them in." And he just said the name of this town. I was like, "Okay, great." And as we started going out to like rural Ireland, it was like middle of nowhere, and um, I could see this name of this town coming up on his sat nav. And he's like, "Oh, we're, we're coming up to it just now." And I swear to God, we were on these country roads, and we drove past a dilapidated church and two like old cottages and that was it and he went oh that was the town (laughs) (laughs) all right okay Uh, he's like we'll get one in the next town then we go to the next town and it would be like three old barns and a church maybe the next one and uh we're just going through all of these towns with him going oh we'll get them in kildare we'll get them in kildare you'd go through kildare and it'd be you know three three buildings and a and a a shelter for the sheep and and, (laughs) But I don't think there's any. At one point, we went past an, a pub on the side of the road, and he was like, "Maybe we could go in there and ask them." And I was like, "I don't think we can go into a pub and ask if we can just take one of their, 
you can, can we have one of your barrels and, and take that to the festival? <laughs> so just when we were losing hope, we started to approach the town that it's in. And he said, oh, there's a supermarket there. I thought, brilliant. We went into this supermarket and there was an EDM DJ blasting music around the supermarket. <laughs> he proper looked like, he looked like Diplo. You know, he's there with the headphones doing this, two decks, and was like uh, playing sort of like proper heavy house dance music, right? And, and it's really loud. And you're there getting a basket and going up and down the aisles. And I'd say of everybody that's in the supermarket, 85% were people going to the festival. It was young people all in the daisy chains and the shorts and uh, uh, wellies, all just stocking up on beer. And then the other 15% was like clearly the old people of this town who the other 364 days of a year have this as their main supermarket. So it'd be like an old lady like getting a weekly shop whilst like Skrillex is blasting out. The <laughs> The supermarkets, that was, that was quite a strange experience. But, yeah, Electric Picnic was the last sort of... These are music festivals I'm talking about here. And, and <laughs> do, you, do you think he was doing that in the hope that someone, like one of the festival yeah. organisers, might pass by? And I think he was really hoping that, like, Steve Aoki's agent was also at that festival and had called in for a... <laughs> A six pack of Heineken, whilst he was doing it on the self checkout, he thought, This guy's good. I'll have him on the main stage Saturday night. Did he have to keep muting him for like the customer announcements and stuff like that? It was, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think customer announcements were a thing there because there were so few customers. <laughs> I is think this, if anything was there, you'd just sort of shout it over his set. <laughs> so getting on to your festival um yeah we can, we can hold it anywhere in the world we can hold it in a tiny little town in ireland or we can hold it 20, 20 minutes from your house it's entirely up to you but what sort of thing are you thinking for where we can hold your festival yeah so i think i would do it um i'd just overtake Bramham park i'd, I'd do it in 20 minutes from my house um nice. And because uh, it's oh, it's it's invaluable being able to nip home for a shower and one of Yvonne's fry up. So I'd want all of that um, within close proximity. Um, or, but maybe I'd want the thing is with with Leeds Fest. I think out of the six ones I've been to, only two have had decent weather. So actually, I've got a cousin who lives in Portugal, and she runs nice. it. Okay, so she does good. She, she's good, you know, doing food and stuff, and, and, and her cafe does fry up. So my festival will be um, 20 minutes away from Lagos in Portugal. Nice. Nip back to my cousin's for a fry up. She doesn't know this yet, but that's what she's doing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, 20 minutes from Lagos, that's what we'll do. And do you um, have a name for the festival? <laughs> Um, yes, I've, you do. <laughs> you, well, you should see the list on here. I've, it's just loads of crossed out ideas. So I started with Maze Fest, and I thought that sounded like it was to do with like corn. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so Maze Fest sounds a bit like a farming convention. Yeah, um, it does. Yeah, so um, uh, I'd, maybe I should go with um, like maybe like Legends of Lagos, something like that. Or, oh. Uh, yeah. 
We're we're gonna yeah. Legend like, of Lagos. Legend of Lagos. Although that sounds a bit like a sort of Dungeons and Dragons game, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like a load of sort of geeky teenagers who, who have a BO problem would meet every Friday night in their mum's basement to play Legends of Lagos. And we all know uh, that they're at Leeds Festival, so they can't come to yeah. <laughs> yeah, and or, or download. <laughs> I'll go Sorry, oh download would be in my if you had like um a a uh, keep it or bin it festival i'm really sorry because I, I, I imagine johnny with your christian thrash metal you're quite into thrash metal but download i uh yeah not not for me that one not for me at all at all it's nothing to do with the fact that i played the comedy stage and died so royally on my ass um <laughs> that at all I hope Ed Gamble's not listening. That's the last thing. No, he bloody loves it. Him and Joel, I think they both went. But, yeah, it's not for me. And um, I was playing the comedy tent on the Wednesday at six o'clock. So the only Oof. people that were in this tent were, like, diehard thrash fans who didn't have a band to see yet. So uh, some people were stood right by the barrier at the front, like this, watching me. And then some people were sat on a picnic blanket 150 yards away. And they're all wearing them hats that have the horns out. <laughs> not, not my crowd. Uh, and then I came on and did like some observational humour about being in the guides. And it was just like, just, oh, I, um, oh, I, man. I wish I was of the Christian faith because I, I really did die. I really <laughs> did die. Just so we can put the planning application in with Lagos Council and make sure you put it in with the Portuguese Lagos Council, not the Nigerian one, Tommy. Um, <laughs> we need the we need the days of the week that this festival is going to be taking place. Right. So um, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And this is because normally when you do a festival, and it's over the weekend. You're absolutely knackered by the time you come back. And when you come back, you're straight into the next working week and it's too much, you need a recuperation day. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday, then you come home and you've just got Sunday at home to be hungover, to get showered, feel human again, like feel normal. You can, listen, we're in Lagos, some of you need to get back for work Monday morning so you can be straight on that flight on Sunday. It's just a nice rest day, you know, it's the Lord's Day. It'll be great for the Christians, Christian slash metal fans, they'll be straight there. <laughs> then Kanye West. Service. That's you know, it's fine. <laughs> okay, brilliant. Uh, I agree with that hundred um, percent. I think Primavera does it that way as well. So and so then on the su- yeah, the Sunday you've just got a nice day to yeah chill in Bar- Barcelona or or as or as I did be be sick in my hostel all day. Yeah, it's 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 tough. That one day after a festival is a struggle, and I think you just need to have it blanked out in the diary that you could just sit and sort of uh work your way back to feeling human and uh clean and yeah. normal again. Yeah. everyone's got to have a shower at your cousin's cousin's restaurant anyway so there'll be a big queue so you've got to work well, through that on big Sunday. yeah big mind you it's by the sea isn't it lagos so you can just have a little bit of a dip just to say fresh I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying that that's hygienic, but I'm saying it's better than six days on the trot in Leeds. Especially, you can just go for a swim in the sea. 
it's going to be great business as well for your cousin's place. Great business. Absolutely great business. Yeah, I'm doing her a favour. Yes, she's got to do me a fry up, but I'm I'm doing her a favour here. Swarming, <laughs> swarming with Christians. It's gonna be great. <laughs> Shall we go to the uh the first night's headliners then, Thursday night? Okie doke. So the first night's headliners um <laughs> are the Arctic monkeys, but I would be Sweet. specific that they are um like post humbug era Arctic monkeys. So um, none of the none of the band members have got hair longer than their ears. <laughs> I mean, that's that's in the contract. Um, Alex Turner must be of sound mind when he's performing. Um, and play like all of the early stuff so all of the whatever people say and that's what i'm not and favorite worst nightmare brilliant and then a bit from like you know like cornerstone era like that's fine am play the whole album more than happy with that and this new one that's based on a 1970s hotel i'm not sure i'm not sure <laughs> like maybe play about four star out of five and then move on back to um brian storm you know i think that's I, a banger I, four stars out of five is a banger do you think i think yeah. that album for the arctic monkeys was the album version of the 1975's greta thunberg video <laughs> where you just sort of listen to it going is this who's this for who's who is this for because it's not for me what, what would you finish with? Oh, it's hard, isn't it? I, I was going to say, I bet you look good on the dance floor, but actually that's what you start it with, isn't it? That's what you start with and get, get right riled up. Um, I would maybe do... Uh, don't sit down because I've moved your chair. That's a good one. Um, yes. Teddy Picker. Teddy Picker's a good one. I don't, right, oh, There's too many. There's too many now of, of what... I wouldn't end on Are You Mine I'd want something a bit more a bit more oomph. Do you know what I mean? A bit more uh Yeah. I'm 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 in terms of bands ending their sets, I hate it when they end on sort of a, a calm classic. No, I wanna be I wanna be dancing back to my tent. Right, okay. So, so, yeah, I guess that, so, that walk back to your tent, you want to sing that last song with your mates while you're walking back. Oh like draped over each other. Yeah, you wouldn't want to be like walking back singing sort of i don't know um uh arabella or something like that you you want to be you want to be screaming yeah i'd probably go with uh teddy picker uh, yes, I like that. or um oh um the one about the prostitutes help me out here oh, when um, the sun goes down when, when the sun goes when the down sun goes. That's, That's what you'd end on because it's in Lagos and the sun would be going down. Said he's a scumbag, don't you?
Nice. Yeah. Uh, That's what you do. So, shall we? Uh, shall we move to Friday? Who's who's the big Friday night headliner? Friday. Um, I don't know if this is going to get some eye rolls here, but <laughs> I went and saw this person live, uh, and they only did, I think, fifteen dates. And they hadn't performed live for 25 years. And they, they, they released 15 dates at the Hammersmith Apollo. We managed to get some, me and my mum. And it was Kate Bush. When I was a child, And I know right. that's what you think of when you hear, you know, you don't think festival headliner. But um, I, I've, I've, I've gone to loads and loads, like countless amount of gigs. And the stuff that makes a gig great and the stuff that makes a gig average and run of the mill. And then I went and saw Kate Bush and I've never seen a, a show like it. Because it was like, um, it was sort of like part theatre. It was part... Um, like almost like a play uh, with all of her work incorporated into it. And uh, it was it was really something. And she ended by, um, uh, like, she was in a harness and she flew out over the audience in the Hammersmith Apollo. Yeah. At the end of Mary Poppins. Like, it was <laughs> mad. She'd been like, I can't remember what song she ended on, but she, she was singing and she, she was going up this sort of staircase um to to the top of the stage and um then it sort of the, the lights went down and we thought you know she's going to come the lights will go down and she's going to take her bow from up there so she can see everybody and the lights went down as soon as they went down they went back up and as they were coming back up she flew right and we were on the front of the balcony and i was like Fucking hell, kate bush is flying towards <laughs> <laughs> Dropped acid. It was absolutely mad. <sighs> I just went. To, I went to Kate Bush concert thinking I'm just going to watch a woman sing in front of a microphone for an hour and a half. And instead, it was like watching some sort of murder mystery play. <laughs> and then uh, an absolute banger that she would belt out ten out of ten quality, brilliant voice. And then at the end, she flew at me. Like how many? How many? Gigs have you been to where a woman flies at you? A woman in her 50s, 60s flies at you. Mad. <laughs> none, none, actually. It was, amazing. it was amazing. It did feel, I do feel like some people would watch it and go, a bit like what we were just saying, that it would feel a bit GCSE drama. <laughs> um, but because... Yeah, but it's Kate Bush. It's Kate Bush, man. The thing is, is, you know when sometimes you go into something already kind of on side because of what it means to you? So I like my mum played loads of Kate Bush around the house when I was growing up. So so we were already hyped for it. So she didn't really have to do much to meet those expectations and 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 like wow us. Um, but I didn't expect the format to be quite so theatrical. It had a full on storyline to it and everything. It was it was great. It was great. I think I do think. Any other person doing it, not Kate Bush, it would have looked like a shit GCSE drama piece. <laughs> I'm just thinking about logistically how she's going to fly outdoors at the festival. 
Or maybe she I was think... actually just flying. Maybe she it... can actually fly. Maybe she can fly. Maybe she can it fly. It is Kate Bush. But like, logistically, that was what we were wondering when we watched it. I was like, how the hell did she do that? Because she wants exactly like prancing around the stage, like, you know, energetically before that. It was quite sort of, uh, well, quite Kate, Kate Bushy as she is now. It was quite, <laughs> an polite way of saying it, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. It was, it was impressive that she flew as, as uh, gracefully as she did. Two of my favourite cover versions are cover versions of Kate Bush songs. And they're The Hounds of Love by The Future Heads, which That's is really good. Cover. And then Bang Placebo it. did a cover of uh, Running Up That Hill, which oh. is also really good as well. It's always used, that placebo cover is always used in like um, sort of uh, crime detective uh, series where someone's like turning, um, someone's gone corrupt within the police force or something. <laughs> or like, you know, those Scandinavian murder uh, series where there's like the yes. fat body in the snow in the woods. It's always placebo uh, singing, um, running up that hill then. But they're those, both sort of, those sort of programs love uh they love a, a cover. quirky cover don't they like a, a guitar oh, band do, doing a pop cover done, um that you know normal people that's gone like absolutely mad everybody loves it that had a, a really sort of edgy cover of um love will tear us apart by joy division you know and it's sort of like um kind of like a, a birdie or a freya ridings type voice singing it um it's good. Yeah, it worked for me. So, how how excited you had your mum seen Kate Bush before? Yeah, like, but but twenty five years ago, so it was completely right. completely different. Yeah, yeah, it was it was, it was amazing. But do you know what? Because it was at Hammersmith Apollo. We sat in like theatre seats and I had this bloke sat next to me. He was so excited. And, you know, we were talking before and been like, I can't believe it. I can't believe we managed to get tickets. And um, no, no, there was quite a lot in the press about it at the time, but um, she'd, she'd banned uh, phones and any recording like that. And I know loads of people say, oh, please don't take photos. It was so strict because the lights went down and this woman in front of me on a, one of the rows, she went straight up with her iPad and this usher just came in, took it off her and was like, you'll get it at the end of the show. It was really strict. No right. anything. So it was great. It felt really special because nobody else can see it. Like it's just you lot in that building that have seen it. Um, and then I had this bloke next to me. It was such a big fan. It was great. But he, um, every song she did, he'd sing along to it really loudly. And um, if you're at a festival and you're watching Arctic Monkeys, fine, everyone's singing their art out. When you're in a theatre and you've paid an obscene amount of money to see a song sung by a woman who hasn't performed in 25 years and you're never going to get this opportunity again, the last thing you want to hear is Derek's cover of Cloud Busting, <laughs> which is way louder than what you're hearing from Kate Bush. And so there was quite sort of like, think about three times I made it quite obvious with me glaring at him. 
that I didn't like his singing. And then in the end, I literally, and I'm, I'm not very good with confrontation. Like I, I very rarely do it, but I literally just turned to him and I was like, can you stop singing? Because I want to hear Kate Bush singing. Thank you. And he, he looked he looked really, he looked like um, I'd not let him through to judge his houses. He was absolutely, <laughs> absolutely devastated. Oh, bless him. Bless him. Did you feel bad? Did, did you feel bad after? No, I did not. No, I enjoyed the rest of the Good concert listening to Kate Bush, which was who I'd paid to, to, to hear, not him. Um, that's what I mean. Like, we all know that you know the words. Everybody here has spent an obscene amount of money on seeing this woman which you wouldn't do unless you were a massive fan. So pretty much everyone here can probably sing the words, but they're not, are they? So be quiet. Legends of Lagos, no moshing. <laughs> Amazing. Should we go to Saturday? Who's who's closing out um, the Legends of Lagos with the strict no mosh rule? Saturday with the strict no mosh rule is the best band in the world, the greatest band in the world. They were my first ever gig and still my best ever gig um and they are mine and my mum's favorite as well well my mum is obsessed with them uh, the rolling stones Talking superb front there, Mick God Jagger. Yeah. Mick Jagger is 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 just insane. Like uh, the energy that he has, and I think when I saw him, I would have been 14 to 12 years ago. Yeah, like early noughties. He wouldn't have been young, is what I'm saying. And he was like, it was like he'd just been injected with every steroid there is. Like he was just like a ping pong ball going up and down. And then um, we went to see him in Amsterdam because they'd sold out all of their UK tour dates. And my mum and dad were like, we'll fly to the Netherlands for the day. So, wow. uh, and that actually worked out cheaper than like say going down to London. We booked like a, a budget flight and we arrived in Amsterdam, saw Anne Frank's house. And then six hours later, we're watching the Rolling Stones. It was a bizarre, bizarre day. <laughs> Did you come back on the same day? Yeah. Yeah, all, all on the same day. And then as soon as the uh, gig finished, we went and got like five hours sleep in this, you know, Ibis hotel now by the airport and then flew home at like five in the morning. Um, and we were, we were back the next day and it was absolutely incredible. It was so, so good. So it was in this arena and they've got a big walk, a big blow up lips and tongue has come out. It's absolutely massive. Mick Jagger is going down this walkway, skipping, jumping, like, absolutely yeah doing all of that it was absolutely like just insane he's such a good mover i've never seen never seen hips like it to be honest he's like um he's got sort of like the frame of of uh sigrid and the hips of shakira it's bizarre (laughs) um but like absolutely insane um it had just been i think about six months since keith richards fell out of that palm tree do you remember he fell out of palm tree. yes <laughs> yes and they were throwing um blown up palm trees all around the audience it was great <laughs> he was quite lucky to survive that wasn't he that was oh like my really, God, really got yeah. him. absolutely like 
to say that he has lived the life he has, Keith Richards, in terms of like the drugs, the drink, like the the, the anarchic lifestyle that he's lived, and then he goes up a palm tree, falls out of that, still fine. He's kind of <laughs> like, remember when Ozzy Osbourne had that awful quad bike accident? Yeah. And you're like, yeah. how are you still alive? He should have died about 10 times before this, and even then this didn't didn't end it. Like, I, I just think they'll keep living forever, these people. This is that that reminds like I always think of uh, their life. Uh, a metaphor for it is <laughs> this is so daft. But Austin Power, Austin Powers, uh, the spy Shagme, and you know when oh, yeah. it, you, you know when they're like they, him and that woman who's trying to kill him, they get shot out of her window, and she's just she's been shot loads, and then he's, they get to the bottom, and she's still banging on it, and he goes, "Why won't you just die?" Literally, like they, they've they've lived all of these like lifestyles where they're just doing everything under the sun that's not good for you, and then they're flipping off quad bikes or falling out of palm trees. And do you know what? When their day does come, it'll probably be from like, I don't know, they burnt themselves on the kettle. Like that'll be what actually does. <laughs> they'll they'll have done everything, everything that would normally kill someone. And uh, like I I reckon Keith Richards, it'll it'll go in a shark attack and the shark will die. <laughs> yeah, yeah, from his blood. Yeah, it's mad. Yeah, um, but it was it was an insane gig, was that, and just brilliant. And I think they're, I think they're everything a good band should be. So they've got like the, one of a really strong image, great front man, as we've said, huge repertoire of just like banger after banger after banger after yeah. banger. And again, like they've evolved with each era. Like there's some songs that you like thinking of I guess kind of like what you were saying about the Beatles there's some songs that, that that you'll go like oh that's from when they were all in smart suits and all dressed the same and then there's some where they were hedonistic long-haired 70s Lotharios and then there's some where they're sort of uh, late 90s iconic rock band that's still going like it's I just I what's just think fa- what, what's your favorite era or album of the Stones? Oh, uh, Sticky Fingers, probably my favourite album. But my favourite, it's hard for me to say a, a favourite era because I've i have grown up with them secondhand through my parents. So I actually haven't grown up with the Rolling Stones. I wasn't there for so much of it. I've always yeah. been listening to the Rolling Stones kind of in in retrospect and kind of appreciating what, what they were for an era that I wasn't there for. Um, I'm trying to say this in a way that doesn't sound like I'm being that wanker that always goes, I was born in the wrong era. Um, <laughs> but they are like... But I was born in the wrong era. Yeah, I, no, I don't for a second think that. But uh, I just I just think they're absolutely fantastic. And those big... A bit like the Arctic Monkeys, I, I, I really like the big Belter songs. They've got the Jumping Jack Flash and the Brown Sugar and the Start Me Up and It's Only Rock and Roll. Um, and then they can come out with these really lovely, calm, little, like almost ballads, you know. Oh, um, Wild Horses is one of the most beautiful songs ever written. Slide through my
Yeah, yeah, and you can't always get what you want. And Angie or Fulton, they like just really. I think it's always nice when a. <laughs> this is going to sound. I, I caught myself saying what I was about to say. And was like that's such a mum thing to say, but I was going to say it's always nice when a like proper uh, like diehard rock band can get like quite sensitive and do you know they, they can sing just as much about uh, sex and drugs and rock rock and roll as much as they can sing about heartbreak and relationships and sort of damaged uh, emotions within. Uh, I guess families as well as 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 like lover relationships. So I just yeah, I think the world of them. I think they're really great. What was the what was the demographic like of the audience when you went to see them of the crowd? Because I imagine it's big, scary Dutch men uh, <laughs> who were absolute. Like so, I remember my main memory from going to that gig was uh, we dumped the bags in the like ibis went to go see Anne Frank's house, came back, got dressed for the gig. And then we had to take a tram to the arena and the tram was just packed with Rolling Stones fans. And I was, I was quite small, you know, like 12, 13, 14 years old, I think. And, uh, all of these big, scary Dutch men were like towering over me in this tram and they were all singing it's only rock and roll but i like it belting it all the <laughs> way there and it was great fun i mean it was, it was sort of you know when something's fun because it's so terrifying it was sort of like that it was like being in a, sort of a horror house it was like oh my god i feel like i could die at any minute um but it was really 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 good fun um and yeah like that meme of that dog that little dog yeah, that, that meme when, when the house is on fire like this is yeah, fine <laughs> that was literally me um but yeah like the the main demographic was probably my mum and dad's age um but Dutch, they have, so they have they very were, good music taste your mum and dad oh yeah yeah great my, like my mum's um my mum's got quite sort of an encyclopedic not she's a proper music geek so she'll um she introduced me to a lot of music growing up and then would come out with like weird facts that no one else would know about it um yeah, so uh, I'm quite, I'm quite glad I had sort of good, uh, good music mentors, I suppose. Are your mum and dad invited I... to the festival then? I think my mum is. My dad <laughs> quite. When you say my parents have got really good music taste, my mum and dad are super opposite. They're great, but they're super super opposite. So my mum's quite cool, quite rock and roll, punk. My dad. Um, I think the Rolling Stones is the only one that he's like, so he loves the Rolling Stones as well, but that's the only band that he absolutely adores. Music, apart from that, he's not really bothered about. Um, wow. Yeah, it's really weird. And he's quite sort of like laid back and quite quiet and quite like, uh, he, he just, I take him to Portugal and he'd just rather be gardening. Um, oh, that's so similar to my dad. Yeah, my dad exactly I mean, the same. He'd, he'd literally, we'd get to Portugal to go to Legends of Lagos, and he'd be like, um, you know, when you go to the theme park, and one parent's like, go on, you go ahead, I'll, I'll watch the bags. That would be my dad. That is my dad. My I'm, dad is exactly the same. Yeah, he'd, just, he'd, mu he'd much rather take a book to the beach and sit in the sun, and then me and my mum would go and absolutely lose our shit. <laughs> I I saw them at uh, Glastonbury 2013. Like that was, the, I, I was so lucky to. I, I, was it an anniversary year or something? I, I don't know. But 
Oh my God. It really? was. Yeah, it was. I was, I'd still say it's like one of the top three or four, yeah. like possibly number one. And, and like, I, I'm a big fan, not a, not a massive geek. I'm more of a big Beatles nerd, but um, they absolutely blew me away. And it's like two, two and a half hours, Mick Jagger was just non stop. And I was like, this guy's. He's fucking 70 or something. I was just like, what the hell? Like, and I think it's also of... like a huge testament as well. This is probably going to sound like a mum thing to say, but it's a huge testament that they have been a band now for like 50 years and they've, you know, they, they all get on and they're good, they're good mates. Um, and you can see what that when you like, I'm always following their Instagram stuff and they they care about each other. It's really, it's really nice to see, you know, you don't have a lot of the sort of horrible politics that so many bands fall foul to. That's what gets me oh, like, they're not in the same, you know, pantheon of bands, but what always gets me about Pearl Jam, who are my absolute favourite band, is the fact yeah. that they've survived so much where other yeah. bands have fallen. So like Nirvana and, and Alice in Chains, Soundgarden, and all the other yeah. bands that came around with them, like fell by the wayside or, you know, lost Kurt Cobain, lost Chris Cornell and Lane Staley, of, the vocalists of each of those bands but Pearl Jam managed to keep it together and that's always yeah. really impressive yeah the especially bit, the biggest, considering what they've what, what they have been doing like you, you would have thought one of them would pop the clogs early I mean I know they are Brian Jones but yeah there's in terms of like I'm talking about like getting on and, and not splitting when you look at like Liam and Noel Gallagher and it's like two kids in the playground I mean it is entertaining but yeah. you think all these years, you could be making brilliant Oasis records if you just stop being pedantic. Because let's be honest, Liam Gallagher's solo stuff's fine. Noel Gallagher's stuff, with, with, uh, don't get me started with them scissors. It's, it's <laughs> But neither yeah. of them are as good as when they were together doing Oasis track. It was magic. and It's such a shame. They, they must know that. They, they both, oh, like, Noel would never admit it. I think Liam, Liam probably is quite open about it, but... No one would never admit it, but he must, he must know it in his heart of hearts. Yeah, we went to, um, we, as I said, we used to go to Leeds Fest every year, and then um, V-Fest, which was done by Virgin, was just getting really popular. And we went um, one year, I think 2011, and then the year before or after that was the one that Oasis were headlining. And I that was there. Was, was that it? And, and it, it was uh, it. I, sorry, I was at... I was at the one, I, I was at their very last gig. So the yeah. night after they cancelled and Keane replaced them, I was like, thank fuck I got to see that, like rather than Keane. And I can say I saw their last gig. Yeah. Yeah. One of them smashed the other's guitar. And you think the Rolling Stones haven't had any of that shit of ego completely overriding talent and um, uh, a bit, uh, talent and ability and what they're capable of, you know. It's... I think the biggest beef with the Stones was when Keith wrote in his book about Mick Jagger's had a small dick or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that was that. That's all. That's not bad for fifty years. No, I've not no. got a small dick. <laughs> I'm going to clip, clip that out separate and uh, and put that. As the, <laughs> <laughs> oh God! I've, I've, I've got a massive dick, Keith. Sorry, yeah, just, I've been doing it all week. With the clip of Tommy going. Jesus, I want you inside me. And then it cuts to <laughs> I've not got a small dick. 
<laughs> um, I just as I discovered this week. Sorry, just like I'll probably cut it out, but I I only discovered this week I could do a, like last Saturday that I could do a Mick Jagger impression. It just came out. I was just in the park. Was it like when Flight of, the, Flight of the Concords realised that it could do a really good David Bowie impression, and that's all that they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, what what song are the Rolling Stones closing the whole of Legends of Lagos out with? It's got to be. It's got to be sympathy for the devil. It got to be. Woo-hoo. I I went to uh, obviously they did a, an, an exhibition um, at the Saatchi Gallery about four years ago um, called Ex- Exhibitionism, and it was it, like exhibitions can be fucking dull. This one was brilliant, and you went you walked through it, and it basically was like an immersive experience of their journey. So you walk through. They'd recreated the flat that Mick Jagger and Keith Richards lived in with where and it had their old bed and everything and their notes all scattered around you could see the um li- the actual lyric sheets that they'd written some of their early songs on um and it was amazing and it took you right through from their beginnings to recently i think by the end you put these goggles on and it takes you to a live gig and you're in the the uh, uh, gig from like two years ago but just towards the end there was a room that was just dedicated to the outfits Mick Jagger wears when he performs Sympathy for the Devil. And it was saying about how uh, they always or mostly close with that song. And Mick Jagger will go off stage to get into these outfits that look like ridiculous. They're amazing, you know, with the horns and stuff and big capes. And each one was so different. One would be really glittery. One would just be all orange. One would be in Union Jack colours. It was incredible but always sort of uh an interpretation of the devil and uh as you say that at the start and it goes up when when it's done live it's on for like a good three four minutes before he starts and you can see the crowd building and building and building and building i think it's such a great song of what it's about and it's sort of like how do you write a song like that how do you think like that I'm going to listen to it straight after this. I can't wait. Oh, it's, it's just amazing. It's really, really cool. And it's such a showman song. Um, you know, even his first word, please allow me to introduce myself. It's just very, yeah. Yeah. it's very, very eccentric. It's very cool. And I think it's the best song for like, uh, you know, by that point at a, a Rolling Stones gig, you've been dancing and singing to their songs for an hour and a half. To then go out with that, it just sort of encapsulates everything that's great about them. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, Tommy, do you want to go, go on, through? Sorry. Do you want to go through the lineup for um, Maisie's festival? Yes. So Maisie Adams' festival is called Legends of Lagos. Is it Lagos or Lagos? Lagos, okay. No, I think Lagos. All right, okay. So because Maisie's cousin lives near Lagos or in Lagos, cousin yeah. in Portugal's place, twenty minutes away from Lagos. No moshing. That's on the poster. No so it's on a Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. 
Thursday night's headliners is Arctic Monkeys post Humbug era. Uh, no hair longer than their ears. Uh, Alex Turner must also be of sound mind, and the night will finish with When the Sun Goes Down. Friday, all I have written down is Kate Bush flying? Question mark. Flying. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely flying, naturally or otherwise. Saturday, we've got the Rolling Stones finishing the festival. Mum's going to come. Dad's probably going to do the gardening or read a book on the beach. And we're closing the whole festival with the incomparable banger anthem that is Sympathy for the Devil. Maisie Good. Adam, this has been your fest. Thank you, oh, Thank you very much. That sounds dreamy. <laughs> it does, it does. That's You've sold it to me. Dreamy, yeah. Oh, I'd pay an obscene amount of money for that festival. <laughs> it's your festival, you don't have to pay. I get free ticket, of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're, wow. the, you're, the, you're the Emily Evis of this festival. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, but no, thanks for coming on, Maisie. Thank That's you very great. much. Thank you. That was your fest episode three with the incredibly funny and incredibly affable Maisie Adam. I think we both enjoyed that one. I think there's something for everyone at that festival. Yeah, it was great. And I particularly liked the location and the, the sort of the convenience of it and the fact that um the fact there's even something for a dad which obviously as you can tell i could really kind of relate to with my own dad yeah and everyone that goes gets a fry up so that's a it's a particular bonus that we've not really that's, had before no we've not had that and also actually talking of dads so far maybe it's just a coincidence but the last two episodes there's been a very heavy dad theme hasn't there there has. I think we're catering to everybody at the moment, but uh, in particular, dads. Um, big market that we're trying to get into, the dad market at the moment. <laughs> I think dad, dads at festivals 2021. That's our new agenda. Dads, daddies. Um, you know, let's, <laughs> let's get some more mums involved. Let's get the aunties involved and the That's uncles. Something for all the family. But, um, Definitely. Uh, just no great guest though great guest i love i love Maisie. she was brilliant yeah and just to mention um before we completely go um that Maisie is appearing if you listen to this on monday tuesday or wednesday when this has been released Maisie is appearing at the next up comedy festival on wednesday um you can go to nextupcomedy.com and book a ticket to watch her um ivo who was last episode's guest is also appearing in the next few weeks and they've got some other um, amazing stand-up comics doing that so if you get the opportunity get on nextupcomedy.com and find out who's performing and get a ticket because um these people these guests have given their time to us so i think we should be able to go back and give something to them and their uh, comedy also, in particular uh, at the moment is well, um, yeah. an was, industry that we say, need to back yeah well you know you know more than me johnny i think in the um i mean not that either of us are comedians but it's very much your um one of your big passions, especially UK comedy. So what's, what's that that's all been kind of, um, what's been going on? What's, what's, we should kind of mention that campaign as well, shouldn't we? Yeah, so if people also go to um, savelivecomedy.co.uk, there's an open letter there that people can sign um, to show that it's an industry that is important to save at the moment. I think, like we say, we've had so many great guests on this podcast that have been stand-up comics and started their own uh, careers through stand-up comedy. So I think it's important that we show them some love and give them something back and, and help save the industry that they're a part of. Yeah, and we all, we miss it massively, don't we? 
We do. Um, they've got nothing to do, so they come on stupid podcasts about stupid festivals. <laughs> I mean, we, we wouldn't have had guests half as good if it wasn't. <laughs> I know. The sooner, the sooner we get them back on an actual stage and stop them talking about fictional stages, the better for them. Obviously, the worse for us, but uh, we're the least important people in this situation. Other than that, you can follow uh, Maisie on Twitter at Maisie Adam. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Your Fest Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Johnny Gabriel. And you can follow Tommy on Twitter and Instagram at Tom Andrew Stew. So get involved and we'll be back again next week with another great guest talking about another hopefully amazing festival. We'll see you then. Bye. 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 Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Love you.